0: 1202. Welcome to the lunchtime hour of Gresham Fourier here on WEI. Let's talk some football with our friend Tom E. Curran. He of NBC Sports Boston. He's about to join us on the... Harbor One Hotline, and our friend Tommy, brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR, by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180, and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Kern's on the Harbor One Hotline. Good afternoon, Tommy. How are you? Outstanding. How are my friends? We're uh, hanging in there, brother. And uh, now the off-season building begins. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you for just, you know, an overall or maybe a takeaway thought about Super Bowl 57 and what we saw kind of across the board out of the league this past season. Is there anything in retrospect now that the season is over and the Super Bowl is over that stands out to you?
1: Sure, I'll give you some miscellaneous thoughts. I just finished the podcast, so i got a few on the top of my uh, head. All I, right. enjoy, Let's go. I enjoy Burkhart and Olsen. They let the game breathe. They don't have to talk all the time. Love that. Adore it. Give me a little bit more summer all in my life. I think that the NFL should look at pushing from behind to aid a runner. I don't feel that it is necessarily a the same mano a mano power that you're looking for and physicality. I think that it doesn't have to be a penalty but maybe you ban the pushing and propelling forward, a guy whose forward momentum is stopped. I don't think the Patriots are that far away on the offensive line from being a capable team, but it is the offensive line you have to start with. Stop talking about the damn receivers and skill position players that they have to get first because, as we saw in the Super Bowl, it's all the offensive line. Patrick Mahomes has a long way to go to catch Tom Brady, but he's (laughs) really, really good. Andy Reid is Uh, probably on the same level as Tony Dungy and Mike Shanahan and you name it, but he's no Chuck Knoll. He's no Bill Walsh. He's no Bill Belichick. So there's a variety of thoughts I have for you. Oh, one more. Troy Vincent presiding over a slippery field, the same way he actually had a field melt on him at a Hall of Fame game in the recent past. Can you have a worse individual in charge of all the operations for the league than Troy Vincent over the last decade? No. Oh, my God. Wow. That
0: that guy. Well, you know, when you try to screw the players on behalf of the league, you get a job. I'm, I'm done.
2: Uh yeah okay wow there's a lot to unpack there I'm gonna start with the thing that uh, I feel like you actually took our our show from earlier today and kind of no, regurgitated this, oh, right. all of it that we went over all this stuff and the thing that okay so the the, the scrum I'm gonna start with that because that I was thinking about you that guys this talk morning about that earlier well yeah I, I want well all of it so let's do that one first because I feel like <laughs> that one the scrum so what you're talking about is the old school rugby scrum that the Philadelphia Eagles used what they were five for five with right, whether it was third and one, fourth and two, or first and goal at the two. It worked every single time. And the one thing I I've heard other GMs talk about this play saying it's not a football play, they gotta take it out. You know, and guys are gonna get hurt. I was like, well, it is a football play, but the one thing that I could actually see them taking out is what you mentioned. They're not gonna allow anyone to be behind the quarterback and pushing that quarterback through the offensive line over the defensive line. That's the one thing that I think they will will change, but I don't think they can really get away with actually the, the actual, you know, play itself. Cause it's just a, it's a quarterback sneak, but they just altered it to make it more profitable for them.
1: Yeah. Great job. And which allows you to change the game to, okay, we're going four downs every time, because if we can get into fourth and two or less, it's a layup. So there are God bless them take advantage of the rules and exploit him the way that you can, but it's it's too easy if you make a concerted effort. To use. he's body surfing, he's not running; he's body surfing. And because of the snap, the offensive line gets a running, albeit very small, running start. So they start before you start. They get the first hit, and then you use that individual to body surf. Of course, he's going to get a first down, especially if he has a good, you know power in his lower legs so yeah I, I don't think that it's a crisis i don't think it discredits anything that the eagles did but I, I would hate to see that become vogue where every fourth and two is a layup because you just send in someone to to quarterback i will say this too isn't that the more they do it just such a layup to have somebody leak out
2: Maybe. I was waiting oh, no, for that. Yeah. I was waiting for that.
1: That's next year. Matt I Patricia would, yeah. had
0: that play in the playbook. He just didn't have yeah. a chance to uh, use it this year. Our friend Tom Kern is with us. Tommy, Fourier and I, you mentioned the O-line. Uh, Fourier and I had a big discussion about the future of Trent Brown. Basically, there the Patriots are on the hook for him if you include, I think it's like a roster bonus. You're looking about $5.5 in real cash this year that you would be paying this guy uh, I admit, during the season, Tom, I was like, "Yo, this guy's got to go." Now I wonder if they can punt on him just yet, and him, and the money is a part of it because he is affordable. Where do you land on the future of Trent Brown?
1: The great thing is, we will find very quickly where they feel about it because there's a three million dollar guaranteed roster bonus or guarantee. His salary, three million dollars of his salary is guaranteed as go. of when March 16th. March, March 16th. 16th. Yep right at the beginning of free agency. So it's as if the Patriots wrote that in to the contract saying, eh, we're not sure where we're going to want to go with you in 2023, so we'll be making a decision right there at the start of free agency, and you can hit the market or we can move on depending upon what we we decide to do. Um, But, yeah, I, I think you can work with them, especially if you get a better offensive coordinator in, and give the team an opportunity to have some cohesion on offense and play calling. That a lot. They did so many stupid things on offense this year with the way they redistributed. You had, I don't care what Matt Patricia did in 2005, he was a first-year offensive line coach. He was a first-year play caller. He was a first-year de facto offensive coordinator. They changed not just the offense, but the language of the offense. Then they changed the running game. It's an absolute wasted year, soup to nuts, <laughs> by the New England Patriots in evaluating anything on offense. So you almost have to start over again.
2: Yeah, and then the other aspect that you made when you just ripped through all these points is they're better off that offensively. I'll just stick with them because that's the eyesore. That's the issue. They're mm-hmm. better. They're better off, in my opinion, with their personnel than people are are giving them credit for. I think 100%. that they're better. They're. They're farther along. It's not like, what are the wholesale changes? I mean, I don't think there's a ton of wholesale changes, Tom, but I also feel like there's a bunch of who can improve based on all the changes, right? And if those guys all improve and you add maybe one or two guys, like we're talking
1: about some real damage here. There is no place on offense that I'm looking at and saying they have absolutely no answer right now. It's empty. Even on right tackle. You know, Connor McDermott played six games, started six games. They plucked him off the Jets practice squad. Was he an absolute disaster? Nope. He was okay. Yes, Uh go ahead and get tackles. Priority. He was okay. Make it a priority, but you're not without him and Kajust who can play. Right guard, fine. Center, fine. Left guard will be fine when Cole Strange has a few more protein shakes. Trent Brown is a capable answer. Wide receiver, Parker. Born, if you bring back Myers and you have Tyquan Thornton, you have answers. Running game, we all know it's good. So, quarterback should be fine. At least we know all of these guys can play at a good level, to me, with the exception of Connor McDermott and Yadne
0: Am I wrong? Am I crazy? No, Tom, we were talking earlier that there isn't a gaping hole on the roster. There might be people who out there be like, well, yeah, I don't believe in Mac Jones, so therefore that's a gaping hole. It isn't a gaping. You still have people there. Uh, To your point is that the cupboard isn't completely empty. It's how do you get everybody up to speed? How do you play offense better? How do you find a way to be able to score some points? And, Tommy, the question I have for you, because you mentioned, hey, man, free agency is right around the corner. they got to start making some decisions. There's a real operating with a sense of urgency this offseason. They got Bill O'Brien. They went and got Adrian Clem. Does that sense of urgency continue into the offseason in terms of maybe investing more of whether it is your money or even with trade some of your draft capital towards veteran guys that can make you better right away? Or do you Mm. stick to the plan and you still have your normal free agency and then go through your normal draft process?
1: I'd stick to my plan and stick to my draft process, but I'd also interrogate pretty strongly guys who last year seemed to get sideways with the way things were being done. Look, is Kendrick Bourne in or is he out? Does he want to be part of things or does he not? Because they can move on. If he doesn't want to move on, great, because he can be an asset. You go from 55 and 800, which is what he had in 2021, to this year having times when he couldn't get on the field. Whose fault that was, don't know, but he was pissed off most of the year. Does he want to play or does he not? I think culture, reestablishing culture, on-field discipline and work ethic by the players, not the coaches. The coaches, is as bad as things went, I think they had great work ethic. Um, I think reestablishing trust and making sure that your culture and your mood going into 2023 is good is as important as the personnel.
2: So, so now what, though? So for you, do you kind of take it? A- like two weeks off because is this this feels like the quietest time of the year football wise uh, as opposed to like right before camp starts when everybody kind of takes a break also is this is this the dole drums for Tommy Kern in the NFL
1: yeah well the the vacation time becomes you know mini camp ending in that May June into July that's that's quiet but but now it's like a little recalibration I'm doing offensive line evaluation stuff where I'm just, you know, going through the whole roster and saying who who can play, who can't, what should they do, who's out there for free agency, and, and trying to write articles revolving around that. Um, but yeah, I think it goes into a little bit of a quiet period. I thought our, you know, off-the-record conversation with, with Kraft last week was outstanding to have, um, and it's difficult, you know, he asked for that, he wanted to have...
2: Wait, 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 to- wait, wait, he asked you guys for an off-the-record conversation? Yeah, we had breakfast with him on Friday. Okay. And yeah. what you talk uh, about?
1: So <laughs> everything related to the team. <laughs> everything related to the team and its direction. We well, spoke to so him on what Friday. Now,
2: was that... I'm sorry you if didn't you know here. about this? No, I, I did not I, know I, about this. Was this something that... we well, said off the record, so... Well, okay. let me tell
1: you so I can... Well, you, you don't I know, even have to ask me. Real quickly, we though, had before an off that. an off-the-record breakfast that he invited us to on Friday. It was myself, Phil, Nicole Yang, and Jim McBride, the people who spent... Um, the writers who actually went out there and were there for the week were asked to come and, and have a nice, relaxed, informal conversation with Robert to get his feelings on things. But he didn't want to be quoted left, right, and center. We did have quotes about Billy O'Brien and the addition of him and his uh, – and he also did a couple turns on uh, the television as well. So,
2: Why do you think he
1: would – do you feel like he
2: owes it to you guys to kind of almost like apologize for the debacle that was the year and – Kind of make sure you're still on his side? What was, what would, how would he benefit from that? The side
1: stuff doesn't matter. I mean, the side stuff doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I think people get really hepped up on whose agenda different media members are carrying out. But I think if you really look at it, we're just trying to tell you what the product looks like and why. Um, So to me, it was more reiterating for us the stern tone of that season ticket. Letter that he sent out at the end of the season, how disappointed they were, how how unsatisfying it was, and how committed they are to making sure it goes better. And I think he wanted to reiterate that to anybody who was at the table. And this isn't being compromising anything that was off or on the record. It's characterizing the conversation, Stacy, if you're listening. Um, so to me, that was an effort to amplify how he felt about last year and a commitment to do well uh, in 2023 and to make sure that media people who cover the team understand how much he wants that point to get across. Hmm. My biggest and, question and is... He, go ahead, go and ahead. he was involved, too. I think that was the other aspect of it, too. Don't think he's uninvolved. He was involved. He was involved with, and he cited on, you know online that that he was in excuse me not online but in the other interviews that he was involved in the decision um on the offensive coaching so he was he wants people to know he's involved
0: what he had for breakfast mr Kraft?
1: kept trying to pawn off some avocado toast Mm. and he was really working hard to as i said i do not like avocado he also did not know what a pontoon boat was stop it
0: really well, listen. Yeah. When you've only been on yachts your whole life, I can understand uh, why. As a kid, you don't you know. You what a know boat what is. a
2: pontoon. I wouldn't have known. Were you your I mean, normal sarcastic, uh, snarky self, or did you downplay your personality? What was What was Tommy Kern like in that uh, meeting? How,
1: how would he How would he have any idea what that I about the pontoon boat if i hadn't brought it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you got to the uh, bottom of that uh tommy gurd of nbc sports boston thank you brother we appreciate it i know you're with uh jones and mego on thursday and we'll catch you next tuesday thank you friend
1: all right great stuff see you guys